Press means to apply force. When God said press, prayer reaches every single situation. He gave us permission to apply force to every situation that we will go through. And in this podcast, we are going to learn to apply force to what's applying pressure to us. Welcome to the Press Movement Podcast. And can I testify for just a minute? Because I know that we are taking a prayer journey together. And in this journey, we are going to be talking about the scriptures and how the Bible was written as a pattern for us to follow and how the scriptures teach us of Jesus Christ and how to know him and how to understand him and what he wants from us. I know that the God of the Bible still lives today and that he's doing incredible things, but I have to testify to the backstory behind the press movement. And some of you have heard my story, some of you have not. If you read it in my book, amen. But if you haven't, check it out, com or look for it on Amazon. It's to quiet a book about prayer or just keep listening because it is my story. It is my testimony. I'm so glad God did not answer my request the way I wanted him to. It is because God told me no that we are sitting here today listening to this podcast. It is because God did not do what I wanted him to do the way I wanted him to do it. That I'm sitting here in a studio looking at a computer speaking to I don't know who on the other end of this, but I know I've been praying for you. I know that in this journey, God is going to reveal himself to you. It is his no that set in motion the course of my life. And his no at the time broke my heart. I did not understand it. I did not know what God was doing. I did not know how to explain to other people what I was feeling or thinking. I can tell you, honestly, I didn't even have many words to say in prayer while I was going through it. But God took the broken things and has made something so beautiful out of it that I cannot even imagine. I could have never imagined how he would have gotten here. So for those who don't know, I have three children, but I've been pregnant five times. I am married. For those of you that that's going to get you all in a quarry. I lost two babies due to a miscarriage and it really did devastate me, especially the second one. The second one, I just remember sitting there silently while my family went to church. I asked my husband to go ahead and take our two young boys at the time to church, but I knew what was happening. I knew my body was going through the process of losing another child. I don't know if anybody out there knows what it's like to feel death inside of you, but to know that I'm looking and seeing symptoms of losing a child and feeling so many things going through my heart and mind, I was devastated. I was devastated and I felt like I was spiraling. But I remember sitting on the edge of my bed and just not really knowing what to say to God. I didn't know why he was letting this happen to me. I didn't know what I had done to deserve this. I didn't know how I could explain it to my husband either. Those were the natural side of things. And my husband's a good man. He never put pressure on me about any of it. He never faulted me or anything like that. But in myself, I was thinking, what is wrong with me? Why is this happening? God, are you listening? I remember asking God to speak to me there, and I heard nothing. It was just silence in my tears. And I kept thinking and singing to myself, don't let heaven be silent today. But God, please hear me as I pray. I'm calling on you now. Please make a voice somehow. But don't let heaven be silent today. And that's just something that the Lord put in my spirit, I guess, as a prayer. But he was silent. In the middle of this huge experience for me, God was silent. 
Ultimately, what I was asking him to do was not allow me to have another miscarriage. But he didn't answer me verbally. He answered me with an action, and the answer was no. That no tried to break my heart, tried to break my spirit. That no was devastating. It was ironic because it was the same week that my grandfather died. And I was so heartbroken during my grandfather's death. But I remember thinking, I can't wait to get to the funeral so I can finally just cry and nobody will ask me what's wrong. I just wanted to break. I wanted to break down. I wanted to have the moment where I just let it all out. But I really didn't do that. I cried, but it just didn't come out. I don't know if you are sitting out there and you've ever been so heavy that even tears don't seem to release it at times. But I sat there with a heaviness that stayed on me for probably another month or so. I kept going. I kept doing all my obligations. I kept completing what I needed to complete. But inside of me, there was a deadness. Inside of me, there was a quiet, but it was not a good quiet. It was just still. I was trying to cope. I was trying to survive. But as I sit here talking about it, I realize the scriptures have never called us to be survivors. God always called us to be conquerors or more than conquerors. He's made us victorious. But when you get stuck in surviving, that's a place where you may have to pass through it because you got to survive to conquer. But it's not a place where you're meant to stay. And I was not supposed to stay there, but I found myself stuck. And as I was coping mentally with the miscarriage, I really didn't tell anybody for about a month outside of my husband. I didn't talk about it. I didn't want to. I just wanted to shut down in my mind and process what was happening, but I couldn't. I couldn't release the heaviness. I couldn't release the burden. I couldn't do any of that. But I kept talking to God through it. He didn't answer me. He didn't change his mind about the way I had to go. And part of me thought, why not? If you're hearing me, why not change it? If you love me, why not change it? But he took me to a retreat. And it was a working retreat because it was for the leadership team of our church. And I lead our young people. And I needed to plan the next six months of activities. And I told God, I have nothing. I don't have anything. I don't know what to do. And I also told him that I'm not going to write down anything unless you say it. I will just turn in a blank sheet tomorrow because we had 48 hours to turn in anything. And I was on hour like 30. And I'm thinking, God, I have nothing. I'm just going to tell them I have nothing. That night, as I was talking to God in my hotel room in the bathroom, because I was sharing with another person on the retreat, I was just talking very lowly and I was crying. I was telling him I can't even hear because my emotions are so loud. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with these young people. I don't know what to do with my own emotions. I don't know how to move forward in my life. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In the middle of my I don't knows and in the middle of my tears, God said, press. Prayer reaches every single situation. And when he said it, he instantly gave me a plan. Now, if you want to find out how that plan is played into the last 12 years, I won't go into all those details right now. But when I say God did more than I ever expected, I was at a worship service at one of our campus press clubs. We have a number of press clubs in different universities and schools. And I was at a worship service for our press clubs. And a young man came up to me and he said to me, how does it feel to know that all of this started with you? And the funny thing is I had been pondering that question all day, just thinking how God took something so broken 
And I'm looking now at this room of young people, like a hundred young people from different schools, colleges, not necessarily church kids, but people who are meeting God through these press clubs, prayer reaches, every single situation clubs. I'm looking at this group of people who are meeting God through these press clubs, and I know how it started. I know where it came from. I know God had to reach me first when I prayed. I know that his reach is not limited to him changing the situation. His reach can be in the middle of the situation, at the conclusion of it, in the beginning of it, and in how he handles it. But I've watched him do all of that. And so as this young man is saying, how does this feel? I felt overwhelmed. I felt grateful. I felt grateful because down through the years, I've ministered to so many women who have had miscarriages. and. I understood their hurt. I understood how deep the pain went. But I also understood God really does mean it when he says all things work together for the good of them that love God and for those that are called according to his purpose. And I may not have quoted it directly, but it's in Romans, the eighth chapter. Go look it up because he really does make things work for your good. It truly does not always feel good, but that's why we can't stop and believe that he's done when we're only halfway through the story. Sometimes you have to continue with him just to see what the end is going to be because the middle may be terrible, but that's not the end. He knows the thoughts that he has for you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God knows what he's doing. He took what he said no to and made something beautiful out of it. He took my heartbreak and gave me peace and purpose. He took my pain and said, she's going to have to go through it, but I'm going to make it worth it to her. And I thank God. I thank God because he taught me how prayer works. That prayer is not just about changing God's mind. Prayer is not just about venting. Prayer is not just about petitioning God for what I want. Prayer is where my heart goes to align with his will and where I find him. And so as we start this journey together, we're going to go through the scriptures and we're going to look at the prayers of the Bible and the people behind them and how God responded. And we're going to learn how to apply what they learned from God to our situations. As we're going through this journey together, I expect God to reach us and reach our situations. Now, I know it may be a little odd that I'm not going to pray in these podcasts often. I pray before and I pray after. But my goal is not to teach you how to pray like me. My goal is to make sure that you see the strategies of the prayer in the Bible and that you pray in your own time. Prayerfully, this podcast will motivate you to go talk to God. Go find his will. Go get to know him every time we meet. Whatever you do, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that prayer reaches every single situation. And that's why you can't give up. You have to press. Join the movement. Join the community. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Visit us at PressToPray.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Did you know that when you are quiet, your voice is missing to God's ears? 
I know some of us have prayed and we're wondering, how long should I pray about this? Why should I pray if God already knows? How will I know God is answering? And what do I do when I feel like God's not listening? But God is listening for your voice. It's too quiet in this world for the troubles we have. You have to raise your voice and God wants to hear from you. It's Too Quiet, a book about prayer, is designed to answer your prayer questions and build your faith. Visit PressToPray.com.